I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind in the business Got me stressed in the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds Got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, they used to bowl kaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening You're pinning words All like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Well, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? Black, Black Panther's, Panther's Quest. Quest. Hey, yeah. <laughs> so y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. <clears throat> Excuse me. On the show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, shit like that. So Lisa Bolacaja is out. And um, by the way, this is going to be our last episode for the year. We're going to take off for like two weeks. Can you believe it, Chris? Mm-mm. Finally. I'm, finally, I'm it happened, happened to me. <laughs> anyway, so like we never take off. Y'all should be, y'all should should be happy. You we should true. take off. Never you take gotta, off. You got to, yeah. Never uh, take he'll, he'll by the done way, stop working. <clears throat> oh, by the way, yeah, go ahead. Uh, you guys, should, it should come out certainly soon. Uh Huey and I did an interview with Steve McQueen yeah, on the for the Writers Guild podcast. Third and so if you want some Oh, more, <clears throat> excellent. So if you want some more information, yeah. some more game on a on an amazing artist, uh, mm-hmm. listen to that. We'll Boy, he you. was interesting. Okay, I'm going to have to listen to that. Yeah, he was sitting right where you sitting, Linnell. Yeah. yeah, it was cool. Oh, I feel the energy. <laughs> it's in me now. I, I believe he also has some <laughs> thoughts about the WGA. And I'm not sure whether or not he shared that. No, we didn't talk about that at all. Um, we just talked mainly. He clearly wanted to just talk about you the know, work, the new widows. The widows. Just, we tried to talk about Trevor Slave. You tried to talk about shame. Talked about uh, hunger. hunger. He was kind of like, ah, I can't. I don't yeah. know, get too much into so that. You could tell the the PR people were like, yeah, let's not talk, let's focus on this. Focus on. And he okay, just kept bringing enough. it back. So we were I, like, I, I, so we enough. we clicked at some point. And went ah, oh, I get it. <laughs> exactly. I will I will share <laughs> some with you all off offline off, off, okay. off mic. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we interviewed uh, Joe Robert Cole. Is that how you say it? Joe, yeah, that's coming yeah. up soon, right? Yeah, Friday. Friday. Um, from Black Panther. Um, mm-hmm. They were going to mm-hmm. get buried, but, uh, you know, and like he busy or something, you yeah. know, like mm-hmm. he got something to do. Uh, no, he's got, he doesn't have a movie to promote either. <laughs> exactly. So. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, um, if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get to the show. So, my man, we got my man here, Tracy Grant. Big up, big up. What to do? <laughs> I thought you. <laughs> I thought he was supposed to give us some bars right there, didn't you? I, <laughs> One day. We know One you of used, these days. We know you used to rap. Oh, listen. Uh, DJ, all, all of that. All of it. You still DJ, don't uh, you? So you can come see me in the valley soon. It, <laughs> it will have come and gone by the time this podcast is on. Okay, okay. But but peace and love to, to my peeps here in the room today. And hope everybody has a <clears throat> wonderful mm-hmm. and happy, healthy holiday season. That's what's up. Where you at? Um, where were you at? Where, where, where am I at? I'm sitting <laughs> right here. I'm sitting right here to your right. Arms two podcasts away. ago. Uh, no, no. Linnell White, everybody, writer, producer, director herself. What's hey. up, girl? It's so good to see you. Yeah, I, it's I good love to be back, you. man. I love your energy and stuff. Oh, well, that's sweet of you to say. <clears throat> Sometimes the energy 
I always have energy for you guys. From other folks, maybe not so much. <laughs> but I always have energy for you guys. Some people don't deserve it. So. For sure. And you have to meter it out. That's for sure, you have right. to meter it out. So I have a bit of good news I can share. Okay, good. So um, I got this grant for $10,000 to write and direct a you short You was about the greatest film. motherfucker I know, ain't you? Um, next, <laughs> next summer. Next really? Summer. What yeah. was this? Congratulations. Yeah, I, I mean, I, just, I found out officially uh, about a week ago. Who's the grant uh, through? So it's this company called Town Nexus, and they're downtown, mm-hmm. um, downtown LA. Now, what happened was I had applied for this grant. L- 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 let's be a story of perseverance yeah, yeah, out there for, for the people, okay? So they do this, they do a perpetual <coughs> short film grant. At, you know, like They have different seasons. They probably do one or two seasons a year where they give out probably five, six grants, you know, of 10, 10 grand each for you to okay. make your short film. Mm-hmm. But you have to send a proposal. Like, what is your idea? Send in your script, et cetera. You got, I mean, you got to do the application. So I had applied probably like two or three times mm-hmm. and kept getting rejected, getting rejected. But I'm on their newsletter. So I'm, you know, the newsletter comes in and lo and behold, oh, we're doing an inaugural screenwriting competition. Hmm. I was like, hmm, I have a script I might want to submit for the screenwriting mm-hmm. competition. <clears throat> One of the prizes being the $10,000 grant ah, to make a short film. There you go. So I applied, or so I submitted my script, mm-hmm. made it to the finals. Then the next thing I know, it, it won. So mm-hmm. then now I get the $10,000 grant and a lot of, you know, a lot of other That's stuff. Awesome. Wonderful. So you can make a decent short film for $10,000. That's oh, more God, money yeah. than I've ever had for a short oh, yeah. film. And, I mean, and I have so like, many ideas. Like, now it's a matter of me sitting down with them and being like, which which project would you know is going to be the right fit and um yeah so that's exciting you, you kept that's applying <clears throat> yes. you didn't quit yes. you didn't yes. give up yes i kept applying you know and hope that and even though again i couldn't get in directly into the grant program cuz i got rejected from mm-hmm. that but when i saw they opened the screenwriting thing i was like well i have some solid right. scripts i'll try it that way so yeah awesome it's about um, having your material ready. Yeah, That's yeah, good. and just and just being yeah. on top of stuff, like right. staying on that Sundance <laughs> newsletter, staying on that film independent newsletter, staying on. Even this is a small, and this is not one of those big screenwriting competitions. Mm-hmm. This is our first year doing it, and also mm-hmm. first years of stuff sometimes are good to get in on if you know they have. Like I knew they had a track record. Mm-hmm. They weren't just a brand new screenwriting competition trying to take your money. I knew they had a track record because I knew people who had gotten grants from them mm-hmm. and made their films. I'd mm-hmm. seen some of the films, mm-hmm. so just do your research, know who you're dealing with. And don't waste your, you know, twenty, thirty, forty dollar application right. fee or whatever. So. so good to hear that. What's yeah. up? Mm-hmm. Then we got my man Chris Derrick in the house. What's up, people? Writer, director himself. What's up, dog? <laughs> you over there reading? I'm good. I'm good today. <laughs> no coffee today. For no coffee. Life. You ain't gonna not, make not it. Not yet. It's too early <laughs> in the day. For you, you wait till <laughs> At least three 11. in the morning. At least eleven p.m. or some shit, right? <laughs> Y'all want to hear a Chris Derrick impression? <laughs> Go ahead, you oh, as yes. a fan of the show. <laughs> no, no Chris Derrick impression. Nah, we, we, we don't know I want to hear this so bad. I want to hear there's these writers, these directors <laughs> who claim to be filmmakers, <laughs> and they're not aware of these films. <laughs> they're fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> And the Oscar goes too. The Oscar does go too. <laughs> that, that's that's my dude, y'all. That's, let's be clear. That's that's my dude. That's it's one also, of my favorite he, people. He also, has a, t- in the he game. also has a tendency to go <clears throat> see to me. <laughs> <laughs> to me, if your film doesn't have in the first ten minutes. To you me. Got, no, you got three shots to tell me you're good. Three shots or you're bad. 
That's simple. Girl, you got my eyes watered. <laughs> That's a compliment, bro. Take it. It's a compliment. That's admiration. Yeah. It's, it, you have a unique uh, presentation. Yes, of course. Yes. Is that what they call it? That's what I'm calling it. It's a presentation. Okay. <clears throat> That's what's up. So you guys are grown. Let's go ahead and get into the show. I see how y'all playing me. <laughs> no, it's all it's all done out of affection. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so today, mm-hmm. um, we're going to talk about one, of my, about one of my favorite subjects that I talk about a ton. Mm-hmm. I have a new filmmaker come over here at least three or four times a week trying to pitch some shit to me that they want me to produce okay. all the time. Okay. So... Let's get into the game and what you what you presented. Well, first. I thought we were going to get into. Um, oh my god, yeah. I almost forgot. I'm I'm, I'm gonna keep you on track. I'm gonna thank you, track. thank you, thank you. Teamwork. So before yeah. we get into the producing shit, let's get into who we can't we can't we can't miss the fact that Kevin Hart just you know uh, stepped into the Oscars and stepped out. So what 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 happened to the kids who were like not on the radar? Paying right going? for for those who didn't know, <clears throat> um, in an attempt to make the TV broadcast more appealing, perhaps hipper, mm-hmm. to tie some of the more popular features to the critically acclaimed features. They they felt that Kevin Hart would be the, an ideal host to do that, mm-hmm. who has some box office power in his own right. Um, he accepted. He's talked a lot in the past about how it would be the opportunity of a lifetime. <clears throat> um some tweets came out about some of his previous jokes um, that were, um, by most measures, homophobic. Mm-hmm. And some tweets he's made personally is a, certainly a joke about him not wanting to have a gay son, and right. etc. No, no mm-hmm. homo and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> he was uh, called to task for that. Um, and he did... Uh, respond in a way that initially wasn't satisfactory, but he was apologetic. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, I've grown, I've evolved. Mm-hmm. He's very quick to point out that all of this happened in his past. And he did mm-hmm. apologize back then. Even right. For the, for and the... he apologized in the past. Mm-hmm. The Academy felt like <clears throat> we need another apology. another apology in order for them to move forward. He chose to, and he did very respectfully step down, but he declined to make the apology and he's right. no longer the the Oscars host. And so my three thoughts are, number one, anyone who's not overly distracted by the internet and Twitter and YouTube <laughs> and social media, you're doing very well. Because you can waste a lot of time. There's a oh, lot of yes. BS, <laughs> yes. nonsense, yes. and people who don't know what they're talking about, yes. but they have this outlet. And, yep. so and they, they have all these gush. followers, yep. which is... Just because you have followers right. doesn't mean you know what so you're about. That that was my first thought. Second thought is, you know, you have a lot of when people are at the top of their game in entertainment. There still are other people in the audience in the world who are not necessarily fans and don't like them. Um, but I think if you're not a jealous hater, <clears throat> and whether it's an actor actor, comedian, athlete, when that person is working and producing, I know we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. producing, but when that person is putting out work consistently year after year after year, at some point you have to give them their Their due. due. And a lot of folks who are are jealous and or don't think Kevin Hart is funny Mm -hmm. and you know, he has people in his crew who steal jokes for him. But people like that, you have to give them their due, even if you're not a fan. Right. 
Justin Timberlake, <clears throat> um, Beyonce. Well, Twitter will certainly come for you if you act like you're not a Beyonce If you fan. ever. Really? But if you these, ever. these oh my God. huge stars who right. have worked, Jennifer Lopez, mm-hmm. LeBron James, mm-hmm. like even if you're not a fan. You respect the work. They the, get it the, in the, yeah. consistently. The body of work right. is year decades, year is decades year. long. Mm-hmm. So lastly. But see, let me tell you one thing. There are some people who are anointed who deserve it. I'm just going to put it. Oh, for real. You feel me? Absolutely. Some people are annoyed. Like, LB, you can't. They put the work in. He did the work. He did the work. Yeah. Yeah. So these people put the work Mm. in. You may not like their stuff, but you can't deny Kevin Hart is eight or nine specials. What are like, none none Mm -hmm. of them are funny? Come on now. None of the movies are good. Somebody's buying those tickets. So lastly, you know, there's a camp who appreciates the apology and agrees with him or is a camp who felt like he didn't handle that right. right. I happen to appreciate the apology. Um, I'm a fan of his. I follow a lot of comedy. Uh, I'm not saying he's the end-all, be-all as a, as a stand-up. But even now, if you look, there's an article in Variety, mm-hmm. like how Kevin Hart blew his yeah, opportunity. Yeah, I, I saw that. And Deadline had one, too. And the, Hollywood Reporter. They, they all, quote... Yeah. The, Why he wasn't the right guy. The president, the, you know. the president of GLAAD, her name is escaping me, mm-hmm. to quote her, is like, well, he shouldn't have stepped down. He should have stepped up. The apology is uh, a positive like step forward, mm-hmm. but it's still this lost opportunity. So even after the apology that he made, it still wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. And there are certain g- groups of people whom, if they feel offended in the popular culture... Mm-hmm. There's no apologies, no amount of apologies that you can make. There's nothing you can do or say. And so... Because you've been canceled. His recognition of that was refreshing. He doesn't really need the Oscars. Um, He probably won't get the opportunity to do it again, um, which may be unfortunate, may not be. You know, whatever. I mean, honestly... It'll be very difficult for him to win an award. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even (laughs) if he deserves it. Yeah. And so that's kind of, you see the the lack of fairness with any you know, other comedians are trying to defend him. They're throwing out other offensive mm-hmm. jokes that other comedians have made and et cetera. But I can appreciate him recognizing that this apology is never going to satisfy these people. Okay, so let, let, me just, let me just ask <clears> this. <throat> did he actually apologize recently? Or did or did he say my apology from nine years ago when I wrote those things? Was that enough? was the issue. The, his initial apology was not fast enough. Yeah, it was more like kind of like you said. It's like you know people change. Yeah, it was right. it was yeah. almost like it wasn't direct to me. Right. It was more right. like y'all tripping. Yeah, you know what I mean. Let's move on. People, right. people I, did, I did that nine years change. ago. I said I'm right. sorry. Yeah, Let's, but yeah. but then people were backing up, going, "Wait a minute, we got a tweet from 2016. Wait, we got a tweet from 2017." Oh. Where the, you know, so there was right. lots of okay, lot of right. shit going it's, it's, on. It's complicated. <clears throat> now, it's, where also he didn't help himself is that, and again, going back to like YouTube and the internet, like silence. Is golden. Right. You don't have to always respond or jump on the gram and make this long diatribe just mm-hmm. because you have <clears throat> the followers in the yeah. platform. Mm-hmm. It's like you, there is such a thing as overexposure. And to me, when you do that every single time, you energize your opposition because right. you're giving people fodder to come back at you and respond. Because mm-hmm. they're sitting there waiting for it. 
They're right. sitting there watching your feed, waiting for you. So there it is. I don't know that that was helpful. The big speech <laughs> and the extra, and again, I'm a I'm a fan. Like I'm in the 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 like camp when it comes to when it comes to Kevin Hart. But like, there are times when keeping your mouth shut for a period of time mm-hmm. can be useful. And you know, working things out with the academy privately. All this was done in such yeah. a public forum. It was just True. messy. True. Just messy. And I'm kind of looking at the Academy like, you're supposed to be sort of, and, they probably, and I'm sure they weren't on Twitter going at them. I'm sorry. You know, but it just, it should have been handled behind closed doors. It really should have been. Yeah. Um, instead of letting the, the, the trolls That's kind right. of control the narrative and take exactly. over and blow this thing in. I mean, the mob is yeah. coming at Well, see, I think, I, I think ultimately the Academy has failed to address the properly for themselves these outrages that happened to them the oscars so white campaign this campaign they handle that stuff publicly they don't need to they don't need to handle any of that like public i mean and 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 what happens is they make these knee-jerk responses and they're just like oh shit we gotta say something now and it's like you don't have to say anything to anybody Mm -hmm. who like Who is paying the Academy's bills that they have to speak and say about anything? Nobody. Yeah. And there's there's nothing that they do that's generating revenue that people could boycott them. Right. I mean, perhaps they Other can, than watching the show. Yeah. yeah. That's all they mm-hmm. can do. They, I mean, and you know what? And, and guess what? They've already been paid for that because ABC has already paid them the money they need to air that. So that's just a mistake for them. I mean, like, I don't think that <coughs> Kevin... You're right, Tracy. I mean, you know, for all, this is the thing. If you got to apologize for the behavior that you did in the past, and even if it was, say, last year, but it's primarily from the year before, you're in trouble. You're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. You really cannot, uh, can't say the media couple these enough. These days. Yeah, these days, sure. you right. can't, you can't, you, you, you're just fucked. Right. Because, you yeah, because you don't have the ability to look, if, if, I mean, he's not say like a Mel Gibson where he went on these really nasty type of things, and mm-hmm. no, well, he's not coming back. Kind of look, no, I said, hold on, no, no, I'm not. He's bad, but I'm not saying it's. I'm, and we have a problem. This is the time for us as blacks to close the doors and get behind closed doors and and have a discussion at our uh, Christmas tables or wherever <laughs> we have it about the homophobia in our community. Yeah, totally. We're, this is this is a teaching moment. Like totally let's, let's is. have let's have it out. Let's have sure. a come, come so to Jesus about the, about homoph- homophobia in the black community mm-hmm. and misogyny. Running yeah. rampant still. It's it's it's, it's out of control. Well, tri- but Go ahead. Finish, but so people so, so so Kevin Hart to me you know he's in trouble because he cannot apologize to anybody. And it's like you said Tracy the well, well, hang on. He said he apologies are never enough. He, he kind of said though. I mean, I, the last I saw, because I wasn't really, I'm not really checking for this. I was totally indifferent to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I heard he was hosting. Next thing I know, two days later, I got on Twitter. He's not hosting. We need a new host, and people are throwing out Avengers should host. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? Right? Yeah. I'm. I spend a lot of time on Twitter, tennis Twitter right now, and these are sad <laughs> days because I gotta wait till the new year for tennis, and it's just depressing <laughs> as shit. I'm telling you right now. So I wasn't checking on the Kevin Hart thing, but I, I got the impression that. He was asked to apologize, and he said, "No, I'm not gonna. I'm done with that." Is that not what happened? I don't really know what happened. That is effectively what happened. Okay, he he is much 
gentler in his use of language. Yeah. But boiling it down, yeah. that's okay. effective. Yeah, because yeah. even even when they did the video and he's laying in the bed. Yeah, and exactly. He's talking, that's the he's, one I'm talking about. He's, he's more so going, you know, y'all want me to apologize, but, you know... I mean, if y'all can't forgive somebody some shit that happened yeah. years ago, forget I'm, it. I, and I don't. And he's like, I don't need then to do, do it. you. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. And to me, when you say do you, you're saying you're kind of saying fuck, fuck you. you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, or fuck too. off. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah, you're at that you're place. Com- you're like, coming fuck off, off academy. Very average. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're at that place where you're like, dude, if y'all don't know me by now, then fuck. If you, you didn't know my body, if you didn't know my right. work well enough, because I think there's the other issue is the academy was sitting over there like, who can we get? Who can we get? Who can we get? And we need diversity again. Like in a previous podcast, right. we were talking about the fear, and we got we got this. We don't want the Oscar so white hashtag again. What do we do, right. Betty? Do you know anybody, Susie? Who do we get? <laughs> and so and this name, I'm sure Tiffany Haddish's yes, name came up. I'm sure Kevin Hart's name, you know, came up. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, okay, okay, well, let's get the Kevin Hart guy. Let's do it. Call like, Michael Deal. Michael. Chase said it on Saturday Night Live. Voice. Like if, if Kevin Hart isn't clean enough for you, right. just get Jerry Seinfeld and up there and be done with it. Why not, not Dave Chappelle? Not not defending not his tweets by any stretch. Not defending his tweets. Not defending the jokes. I think it's tough on comedians um, Who's South in African? general. Oh, Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah, Trevor Noah would be good too. Trevor Noah. Anyway, just because he's neutral, right. Right. right? Now, now here's something I want to say before we can move on from this. Is as a black gay male, mm-hmm. right? So I got the twofer, <laughs> right? No doubt. I read the tweets that I saw. I'm sure the probably were more. And it was like, oh, such and such. Oh, man, he's so gay. Oh, man, that's gay to do, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, but the problem that I have, and we've talked about this before, Chris, I'm not your average gay dude, right? right? I don't hang out in West Hollywood. I live my life, and mm-hmm. just being gay is just a small mm-hmm. part of my life, mm-hmm. right? So... Things don't, and I grew up in a hood where everybody called each other fag, motherfucker, I did. You know what I mean? As a kid. But it was, it was a way of speaking. I'm not saying it's right. Of course. It was the 70s and 80s. It was a different right, time. Right. <clears throat> so it doesn't affect me the way it does other people. Mm-hmm. So when he says that stuff to me, I, it just bounces right off of me. If we cool in person, I don't have a problem. I've seen him. He, he he's cool. He's a really nice dude. Mm-hmm. And person. except when he's so, cheating on his pregnant wife, wh- what, whatever. You know what I mean? Okay. I can't control his mm. shit. He's doing. Mm. But if he's cool, knowing you are who you are, and he ain't tripping on it, then I don't have a problem. I don't mm-hmm. care what a person says or does. It's about their actions to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm saying that not 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 to get a bunch of you know at me's from motherfuckers about you know the gay thing on my shit. Mm-hmm. I'm saying as a personal thing for me. It's mm-hmm. not so deep to where he shouldn't right. be doing this. But in fairness, I could see me. how someone else was offended <clears throat> by the tweet. Just I, I could like totally when, see when guns, My husband was when, offended. When Guns tweets right. came to light, right. I was offended by that shit. Right. I was like, really, motherfucker? Right. Kitty, like, kitty porn? All, like, really? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 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 I'm never going to sit here and tell people, you should let that go. You shouldn't be offended because right. that's, that's a slippery <clears throat> slope. I'm not saying like, that what, at all. Yeah. Right. W- but my thing is, I think from Kevin Hart's point of view was... And I can sort of see where he's coming from in terms of like, <clears throat> Academy wants me to step and fetch it, and I'm not going to. I could see where he was like, I'm going to draw the line. I can like, see that. Yeah. I could, that's yeah. an interesting point. I mean, this is my only thing. Yes, master. I'm so sorry. Grovel at your feet. Okay, now I get the host. Like, because then he would have been on stage, and that would have been in the back it of his mind, right there in the back. Like, of the I, like it wouldn't have been. He couldn't have been himself. He couldn't have been Man. as raw as he wanted to be because he was a, the Negro that came groveling on he his. He doesn't knees. need to do that. He's in a fairly unique right. position. Most entertainers don't get to 
call their own shot right. in that way. Mm-hmm. You're lucky if you ever get to do that once in your whole career. He doesn't need the Academy Awards. No. You know, it's, something no. he, it's something he wanted. But yeah, he but just a dream it. of his as a yeah. comedian, yeah. which I'm, makes sense. I mean, to me, I mean, look, I look at it this way to a certain degree. I mean, like you were saying, you can't tell anyone what not to be offended by. I mean, to me, to a certain degree, like that's a, it's a very complicated part about like where we are in current society. Um, someone's going to be offended by everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, therefore, where do you put the line right. on... But we didn't always have Twitter to speak on it. Right. We didn't have the Twitter well, model exactly. to do that. You know, That's it's happening. as my brother, Alex, right. always says, nothing good comes from Twitter. Don't be on it. I mean, like, like honestly, if you think he about it. He may have something there. I mean, like, if you think about it. <laughs> It's either a neutral response or a negative response. I don't, you know, that's right. what's happening. I mean, if you say something, you're getting it canceled for some bullshit yeah, yeah, that yeah. is really, I mean, the thing is, it's like, you might say something heated, mm-hmm. you know, and it's kind of like, well, that's kind of the problem with the world now is that if you say if you say anything in a heated situation, when it's, when it's emotional, mm-hmm. see, when it's position where it's like the digitized world is saying... You cannot be emotional because it'll be permanent. But oh. we still well, want to be. That gets scary because we're headed to 1984. Yeah. That's what it's that We still world. want. I mean, it's like that. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, people going back. Hey, oh, let's go through his Twitter feed for, you know, he's got, what, 20, 15, 20,000 tweets? Fuck. Who, who has that kind of time? time? Who That's has that some kind bullshit. Of Somebody looking Somebody for in something. in that basement. Right. Someone looking mm-hmm. to take you down right. because yeah. everyone wants to take someone down. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So You're on right. that note. You're right. <laughs> Jump into producing because the Academy Awards need to have their shit produced. <laughs> Who's going to be producing the Academy Awards? <laughs> Who's going to have very that difficult Very nice segue, you know, sir. You know, you know, like that difficult job. Which, very by nice the segue. way, we're going to have Cheryl Blue and Isaac on. Um, Great. Oh, wow. Cheryl awesome. Hall. What? Yeah. Awesome. Wow. I was introduced to her from my mentor, you know. And um, she came over here a year and a half ago, and I walked her around and showed her all the different buildings. And she came up here. She's like, I want to be right across the hall from you. And I was like, okay. So she's right there. Yeah. And that, oh, yeah. shit. So she's just busy. She's always out yeah, of town. Yeah, I doubt. Whatever, you know. I, oh, my god, <clears throat> That's my that's girl. Fantastic. We go to lunch like once a month. Yeah, that's my girl. Um, anyway, you, so we'll, we'll have. I'd love to hear her perspective on some things, you know, mm-hmm. especially not, around not, the Oscar time. Not, she, just, she just stepped down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like mm-hmm. a year ago, a year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it was after last year's awards. I think yeah. last year's was her last one. Yeah, yeah. so it's been almost the February, two years, the February 2018. <clears throat> or this right. year was the last one, right? This was she she yeah. made February an impact. Oh, definitely. However you may feel about yeah. you know what she did or didn't do, it, or her impact was felt. There. Just for being Still. there. I mean, uh, I was like, a black woman is, is president of the Academy. From the My PR, God. from the PR world, too. Yeah. It's fantastic. She got some shit to say. Um, so with that, so I bet she's kicking, kicking her feet up right now. Like, I ain't part of this freaking mess. Good luck. I uh, know that's what she said. Yeah, washing my hands from this shit. It's all gotta go. See you, bye. So, um, so we were talking, starting to talk about producing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like I said, this is one of my favorite topics to talk about because. <laughs> I'm gonna do one of Chris thing for me. For me. Um, <laughs> shut up, Chris. Because I have a lot of. I meet a lot of filmmakers, a lot of writers, whatever. They always come over here. They want to pitch something mm-hmm. to me and have me produce it for them. And I always say these words. I am not your typical producer. I'm not the guy 
who runs out like Indra. I'm not Indra. I don't go out and find money. I'm not a financer. I'm mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. That's your executive producer yes. who does that. Yes. I'm the hands-on, script to screen, right. line producer, super, You're a logistics producer. I'm working out details. You're like, hey, help. we need a truck and we need it here on Tuesday. Everything. And, and Everything. how much is it going to cost? Exactly. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. does it go? How much mm-hmm. gas do we need? You That's know, a line producer. Boom. All of that, right? To me. Well, I put together no, no, it's more. I put together more. all the pieces and then once we're on set I manage the shit, right? Okay. That's my thing. So, I always say I'm not the guy going out finding money. Usually people bring me in, they have a budget and then we work through with the budget. You know, I help them staff, mm-hmm. I help them do mm-hmm. all that stuff, right? Boom. So, let's talk about this. What did you want to okay. talk about in general? Well, like, let me just let me <laughs> just sure. comment on something Go you ahead. just said. So, I mean, in television, what he what he just described is line producing. That is true. In, in television. In television. That, so a lot of my point of view is going to come from TV because I don't have any produced feature films or whatever. But, but, so, but this also on that. I, the, 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 the issue is this. <clears throat> television is a machine that is, that is unlike producing in any other aspect because of the way... They have to get the you know there's right. there's a lot of things in the, the, you know the like, turnaround is so fast turnaround is mm-hmm. fast and you got to mm-hmm. do stuff and it's all, and, and, and it's all regimented. But you're gonna in have a, a line producer who is on set all the time and how about has a staff under that person yeah. with associate producers mm-hmm. also your uh, production manager mm-hmm. you know all of them co- collectively are running around doing the stuff you just talked right. about in terms of like you know we need we need the food here we need the, where's the porta potty is gonna be mm-hmm. you know logistics logistics you, you have to be a logistics and, and master. working with the ad for the you know how we got, the day how the day right. is structured and how mm-hmm. we're gonna get this but done. even before you get on set um, yes. for you writers on right. there just to clarify pre production when you <laughs> if you give your script to a line producer teleplay feature script whatever it is. A qualified line producer can read that script and tell you how much it will cost. Absolutely, absolutely. To make that project, or, line, or line your short line, film, you or whatever, whatever. Right. Yeah, or, yeah, that, yeah. I totally, see, yeah, totally. Yeah, totally, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. I mean, because like, there were times, when, you know, on the <clears throat> on, when I worked on Army Wives, we had a fantastic line producer. Oh my goodness, she she would see the outline mm-hmm. and be like, um, yeah, that might be over, but and she was right. Every time, because mm-hmm. that's how right. she and she knew her. He, she, you know, we shooting in Charleston. She knew the community. She mm-hmm. knew they know where their she cameras. Get they know their lenses. Exactly. They know, they exactly. know every department. I always tell young young filmmakers, you want to be a really good filmmaker. You either are an AD or you're a line producer. They know everything going on in the set. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. And they know every department. Mm-hmm. They know how they work. They know and how they know much everything costs. Shit. They know how to get the things for cheap. I know cheap. where to get the furry bunny suit <laughs> for cheap. <laughs> right. You know, whatever. So wh- because I just directed this web series. Now, mm-hmm. mind you, okay, so this is a project I was brought in on. These right. two women had seen a previous short film of mine. Said, oh, you'd be really good to direct some, some episodes of this web series. We're doing 52 episodes. We're going to release <laughs> one each week. Wow. A short, like, I mean, two to three minutes long. Here's the concept. Da, 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 da. The first question I asked them. Right, because to me, I'm looking at them because I didn't write any of the scripts. Mm-hmm. They they wrote the scripts and they also commissioned some of the scripts. Okay. Right, fifty two. The first thing I asked them because I'm looking at them as showrunner producers because mm-hmm. this is a web series. Right. I don't have oversight of the whole thing. You're bringing right. me me in to direct ten right. episodes. So, so you're, you're for hire, sort of. Exactly. I'm right. director of the week for hire, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna come in mm-hmm. and do do a good job. But right. I do not I I do not have oversight of this whole thing. Right. Unlike in features where I'm you know, if I'm directing it, you know I'm. Find the script. I'm working with the writer. Like I'm, in, I'm engaged right. for the entire arc of the of the of the mm-hmm. project, Great. right? <clears throat> so this is me coming at it with a serious mentality. My first question to them in our meeting 
What's your plan for post-production? Mm. I think about post-production before we shoot, the, in pre-production, mm-hmm. before we shoot, the, before we hire any actors, before we hire, any, you know, where we're going to have the food. I don't, yeah. I don't care. What is the plan for post-production? And they say, oh, we have an editor. We're going to do this, that, and the other. And we're going to make sure we have, a, you know, a bunch of um, cuts together. And then we'll, before we start releasing, kind of like a series where you'd mm. have, you know, in this case, we'd have... So were you guys block shooting? No. Mm-mm. Okay. No, because... I, I was only doing ten episodes. Like right. each weekend was a different set of episodes, right? Oh, okay. Yes. So they they weren't all in one. No. Oh mm-hmm. my god. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, so they did <clears throat> for like four or five weekends. Mm-hmm. Of t- yeah, five weekends, ten each. One's animated, so that's why it doesn't count. Okay. And so I, the weekend I was shooting, I did ten episodes. So I'm like, I don't think they have a good handle on post production, but you know what? This would be a challenge for me to do these ten episodes mm-hmm. in one weekend because I had. You know, I had to get in and out. Three, every, every three, four so hours. Two, 20 pages, basically. Yes. So every three, four hours, I had two new, act, two new actors coming in, and we got to break it down. We got to get some How shot. many cameras did you shoot? Just one. Just one. Oh we, had the, we did have the red. We did have the, But okay. it was a fantastic exercise. Right. Not exercise for me, but fantastic training for me. Right. Because each of these was, it's like an anthology. Mm-hmm. So each episode had nothing to do with the other one. Okay. And had two different so actors. They're all standalone. Right. They're all standalone. Yeah. So, you know, one episode I'm dealing with, a girl is just. You know, because each of them, the theme of the series is two women come home after being out, you know, on the town or being out for whatever reason, either night, day, the whatever. called again? City Kitties. City Kitties. Okay. Um, it had none to do we with said cat. it on the it, other it had episode. No, it had nothing to do with cats because at first I was like, oh, cats. Yeah. Let's shoot that. And I was like, no. <laughs> no, no. So, um, so I had, you know, I had some dramatic things. I had some comedic things. Really good way for me to stretch my directing muscle. Good. In a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. The problem for me came with the actual understanding of what producing means on the, on the, on the part of these two right. women. Okay, so the, my second question after what was your plan for post-production was, what's the plan for casting? <laughs> because if you're asking me to bring in 20 actresses for, for one that's weekend, a lot of that's a lot. Right. Okay? Um, and finding them or whatever. And they assured me, we have a list we have, you know, we have a list of actresses. We have, the, you know, all the information. So what you'll do is just, you know, kind of call from this list. And if you, know, and if you have any other people on your own, feel, feel free to bring them in. Mm-hmm. So I get the list, and it's not complete. Hmm. This is about a couple weeks, two weeks before we go into production, um, where I have a Which list. Of, you should already have I have, cast. I have, <laughs> yeah. Right. I have a list. I have, I have headshots. Mm. I don't have... Links to because I didn't I didn't because, so you don't know what they can do you don't know who exactly right. I didn't so the the list was being managed by this other person intermediary person mm-hmm. who was you know putting it together so I had to go to this intermediate person and say you know what age range is this person because a headshot you can't tell much no. G- give me the give me the links to their 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 previous content whatever so <clears throat> and then on top of that I found I went to backstage I I, I remember I was begging yeah, you because I was looking for because the problem with their list that they had called together was my episode called for two. African American women in their fifties. These producers never thought in their mind that that would be a hard thing to cast, right. and they never really even looked at their own list to say, "Oh, we don't have that here." Right. Let's start look. And I told them right from early on, I was like, "This is going to be a problem to cast." Like right off the bat, like this is going to be a problem. And they were, "Oh, okay." Like, right. And and let me just say, yeah. let me just say, here's my reason why. The reason why oh, yeah. it's difficult, just so people who are listening yeah. who don't know, <clears throat> the reason why it's it's not that we can't find two. Uh, female black actors over 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 fifty, f- over 50 mm-hmm. 
it's that when you're over 50, you probably are SAG, you're union, you're, you don't yeah, do certain things anymore. You don't do free anymore. web series. So there's reasons, but now you got to find how do you get the favors? Who, what favors right, do you find? Right. And so that's the, problem. the other thing is if you're over 50 as a black woman and it hasn't happened for you yet, right. you're done. You're like, I'm going to go work at IBM. <laughs> I'm going to go work. I'm going to go get my check and right. be secure. A long time ago yeah, you did yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, you're not hanging around trying to do a web series, but luckily... I found two women, mm. but it was, I had to spend so much of my time on casting mm. and I felt like them as producers, this being a series, mm-hmm. they should It went had, into your prep time. It went, it totally went, <laughs> like, or, you know, it went into like, you know, I could, so then they started asking for things like a freaking um, vision board or a vision board or what, like, give us a vision of what you think of each episode or whatever. They want you to do it? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, you. I mean, well, I mean, you know, which so, I'm like, I, I have no problems doing, but I'm doing, I'm, yeah, I'm because chasing you're doing down other casting. Right. Well, see, this right. is the thing that I, I was, we were talking about this earlier, and I was, this is the thing that I think is really, the, this is the problem with a lot of people, is that um, you don't know. A look board is what it was. Sorry, like you don't know what you don't know, and then you don't know what you're trying to do, and then you kind of are confused about the type of responsibilities. You know, because as someone who's made a bunch of short films, if you put too much um, responsibility on the producer, um, you're going to be in trouble, you know. Um, I mean, it took me a long time until actually I worked mm-hmm. with you mm-hmm. that, as Celia was pointing to, um, where it was like, I have to supervise every aspect of mm-hmm. it. You kind of have to because... When you're working on shorts, and I really, I was just like with working on a web series, nobody seems to care about it except for the director and the mm. writer. It's just kind of what, what's I mean, my thing. I always tell everybody, nobody's gonna care about this more than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, and it's true mm. because, um, and the thing is, is that the the, the 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 impetus to get up and do something as a director means that you're gonna have to focus so much and put so much. Um, stuff on the back burner. Yeah. You know, there's this great line that Steven Spielberg always says. He, he's like, the script has to be good enough for me to say, I'm not going to spend time right. with my family for like right. four months, right. four to eight right. months. Yeah. It's going to be that right. good. Right. Because, you know, and then you get up and you do it. I mean, there's a reason why directors don't work multiple times a year. I mean, Spielberg can, but yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's because you got to find this, this energy and this connection to the piece that nobody else has to really Going do. Going months with no sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? But see, that's yeah. what, here's and, the thing. And, and, but and some so, people don't get that. And I feel yeah. like some people don't work as hard mm-hmm. as they should be working. Yeah. That was my, because I was, I was literally from like all day long trying to cast this thing. Like sun up to sundown, and I'm yeah. kind of looking at the producers. I'm like, "That's well, that's, that's what your, that's what your job. Doing? You yeah. should not be doing." So that. See, well, I mean, because yeah. the thing is, is especially when you said you had like a, you know, I'm thinking you guys are gonna do this ensemble style. Like right. we've got a, we've got a this hundred, you know, a list of hundred, uh, not hundred, but maybe fifty actresses mm-hmm. that we can sort of rotate through and use in this thing. They didn't want to reuse anybody. That was a problem. They didn't want to reuse anybody. That was so it's like we had to have, constantly have new. So we have that so we have a hundred actresses in right. this thing. Yeah, that's that's a lack of experience. Right. And a bit of closed-minded. So I think the moral to Linnell's story, mm-hmm. Tell me and we know your <laughs> episodes will be dope. <clears throat> Look forward to seeing them. The people who brought you in had a vision of the project and the finished version of mm-hmm. it and what it would express and how it would entertain whatever. 
but they didn't necessarily have a full understanding of what it would take right, to get to, get to there. that point mm-hmm. in terms of all of those details that happen on the set. And Hilliard and Chris and Linnell also, we have a lot of experience on the set shooting, mm-hmm. okay? Not just like working on scripts and getting scripts ready and creating scripts. So I have 26 you, projects behind me. You writers <laughs> out there, yeah. you know, and we've, we've <clears throat> talked about a lot of this stuff before. Mm-hmm. It's never a bad thing to be a hyphenate and add something to your skill set. You really kind of have yeah. to. It's very few people yeah. are Especially since Tangerine, what they did with that, mm-hmm. with exactly. their fucking cell phone. Mm-hmm. You like no one excuse. script. Mm-hmm. No excuse. Mm-hmm. But right. I'll, I'll make it really simple for you. And a lot of this stuff we've, we've talked about. But you need five things. Um, I first heard this as applied to film, but mm-hmm. it can apply to television, other projects. Five things for your project. Script, director, budget, mm-hmm. cast, schedule. Mm. Schedule. You need all five. Schedule. I'm about to. We okay. need to add location too. But yeah, location. Definitely. Yes, but you need all five. And so, the more you can execute and provide those other things, other than the script, right. the less you will need a producer or a group of producers, and it puts you in a more powerful position in a position where you have more impact and control over the project. What is hot about television writing among many things is you get the opportunity to build skills in those other areas. Mm-hmm. Right. So like most of the producing With 200 people producers on television are writers. <laughs> right. You know, you're not only in the room and working on <laughs> stories and hopefully your own scripts at some point in time, but you can work in casting. You can work mm-hmm. in post-production with a good showrunner. And, right. a, and if the environment is right, there's mm-hmm. an opportunity for casting, post-production. You can work with the stylist. You can work with the music supervisor. All mm-hmm. of these details that go to guess the what? telling of that in story. In every room, somebody doesn't want to go to those places. So That's you right. need to be the yeah. one who goes, yeah. let oh, me yeah. go. Yeah, let me go to the music spot. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, exactly. I'll sit there. The, the, the thing is about writers is that writers just want to write. And they feel comfortable there. Not all of us. Well, okay. Most of the time, there's that desire to be writing. And the desire to be producing, I think, is not why a lot of people who, who, who come into it. That's why they avoid having to do those things. Right. But to me, oh, shit, I just said it, didn't I? Um... I was gonna uh, let it go. Is 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 this this you creating something that you that is for performance? Mm-hmm. It's not for the page. It's not just for actors to get up and do. It's for everything that comes after that, and that's why you gotta that you sh- you should want to get involved in everything because spotting session can tell you what it, it does a lot to the change the final thing that's the spotting session people don't know is like is you come in and where you put sound effects or, mm-hmm. or you want to choose mm-hmm. ADR mm-hmm. things like that there's all those elements in post that people kind of forget is that's like the final if edit, the showrunner will allow you to be involved in any that's of that. true. it's really per the it's, showrunner's it's, discussion it's, it's on how much discussion. involvement you but have usually there's so much to do I'm generalizing a bit there's so much to do more often than not, even the heads of those departments, the people that are yeah. doing it, will welcome I, 
some extra. I, I feel you guys, assistance. and we've we've gotten into talking about like the TV realm, but what I'm talking about is a web series, which yeah. a lot of us that is like a tenable thing for a lot of sure. people to try and go out and well, do a couple weekends, or whatever. Well, I think but what, the, the, what I'm talking about is like people who have had a vision for a project, start the ball rolling, bring people on board, and then they are unwilling or unable to do things like make the schedule. Don't push that on your on me, the director That's of right. 10 episodes, to make the schedule. <laughs> right. For example, I mean, after we shot everything and then nothing was edited, they, they for some reason, didn't get an editor until we shot all 50 episodes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so they lied to you about their or, post-production Or, or they just didn't follow through on it either okay. way, right. Right? right? I'm like, well, that's, again, you know, that's on you guys mm-hmm. because, you know... Your job is to do my, your part. My job, I did my part, yeah. uh, you know, as best I could. So the, the other issue I had was, like... I, the. The schedule for post production. So they try to have this meeting where they brought the they want all the directors, they want the whole crew there to talk about the plan for post production. I'm like, what's this meeting about? What do you mean mm. the plan for post production? <laughs> you should have one, right? <laughs> well, see, oh, okay. right. What? Do, so, why are you looking at me to make okay, your plan so for you? I, there's two things about this. I, I don't know if we talked about this, but this is the thing that I've learned. When you're going to work on any project, you got to interview the people. Really, that's what I'm learning. Like really strongly, because the worst thing and thing that people are preying on is that it's like your enthusiasm to work on something, Mm -hmm. and you shouldn't be enthusiastic. Oh, oh, won't you come direct something? Oh, shit, I'm gonna do that. Mm -hmm. But you know what? You have to interview them so thoroughly, and. There's those questions. It's, it's kind of like I was just about to say. You got to make sure you ask the right you questions. Yes. Yes. you got to ask. It's like dating. It's so yes. you know. So, yes, and, you, and know you know, Chris, the from getting a job that sends you to oh, Atlanta. Shit. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> there are questions you might want to ask. Let's start with Trauma. this. Where am I staying? You know, do I have a car? Oh, is there a per diem oh, for me? You know what I mean? Um, Are you gonna be the, like things. a proper contract? It was kind of stuff, but it was. But the thing is, is that you have to. It's you're right. It's like dating, but the whole thing, the whole this like in every aspect of it, you must say to yourself, do not be so. Um, uh, giddy that that right. that, that right. someone's asking you to come work for them. It's still a commitment from your time that could that that could turn out to be a waste of time. I mean, to me, the thing that was like something that we did on Architects is mm-hmm. we had our editor come, you know, like come mm. to the set. The set? It's important yeah. because I totally agree. You know, totally agree. And we were shooting stuff, and and we were shooting something. He was like, "Hey, I think you might want to get this." Right? Don't forget, I need this. this. I need this from what it, you're there doing. There might be things you don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, don't forget. Yeah. that's invaluable. You know, and and and, and it's like, I mean. And, I think what you said, Lanell, about asking about the post-production schedule, like that's so critical. I don't even think people understand right. that. And this is if you're doing a series. So you see, for me, it's, for be, me, I'm t- it's contagious. So it's <laughs> <laughs> I'm mean, doing a series. I mean, people fuck up. You're, ask, you're, you're sending this email wanting us to meet and asking me, well, how do you guys want to interact with the editor? And I'm like, hold on. Don't have five different directors dictating no, how we're going to interact no. with the editor, how much time we have. That's going to drive the editor nuts. Uh-uh. You need to figure out a schedule. Give me your timelines. Give me your release date. Work backwards, you know, and figure out how much, you know, hey, we're going to give each episode four days to work on. Fine. Exactly. Okay, cool. 
then I know, okay, in those four days, I'll, I'll maybe go in person one day with the editor mm-hmm. and probably email back and forth, you know, cha- notes or whatever, changes, whatever. But y'all have to have a post-production schedule for 52 episodes. Mm-hmm. Even, a, even yeah. for a feature film, you should have a post-production schedule. There's so, a hey, huge, oh, there's a huge schedule because... Yeah. Like you have to. That's why you have a post suit. You post, yeah, because, exactly. Well, because, I mean, and in the absence of that, then that falls on you, indie right. producer. If, if you yes. don't want to hire post production supervisor, you don't want to hire casting falls director. On you. That's all falling you, on you. You because, have to drive the train. Yeah, I mean, because the producer in a web series like that, he is like, he or she is a de facto like the showrunner of that's the show. That's what I'm saying. And if you're not, then you're. I mean, there's going to be problems. You have to really design everything. Like, I don't know how many projects, like, there's been three or four projects that, like, I've been involved in that have fallen apart in the post stage because the Mm -hmm. people don't recognize that that is the most important stage. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And I don't, it's, you know, people think shooting is. Shooting's not. No. Because you can fix Um, things in post. You can fix it. See, you can rewrite the whole thing in post. Right. Right. I mean, so there's there's one filmmaker who always says that shooting is is such a is 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 the most underrated thing and it shouldn't be. It's David Fincher. David Fincher talks about you know what people spend like years mm-hmm. getting a script right, right, but then they want to force him to shoot in like you <laughs> know days. hey you got twenty <laughs> days twenty right. days. He's like no no no, no fuck <clears throat> that right. I want a hundred days. To do this, that's correct. If you don't want to give it to me, then then why would you spend that two million dollars on that script if you won't give me my time? I mean, it's some of the crazy point. There's crazy stuff I was listening to the other day. He's right, David Fincher. I mean, he's right, dude. Uh, uh, Dude is how how good would would films looked if you had more time? You see why his look fucking flawless, yeah, because he has time and seven, seven, even that Zodiac movie he did. That no one saw. But that's just a good fucking movie. Right. Good fucking movie. Good movie. Right. But see, this is something that was interesting. I was, I was, I was listening to the girl the, with the girl with the dragon tattoo soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I mean, the commentary of the day. There's that little scene where it's and it, it lasts for 23 seconds on screen, where um, Daniel Craig he comes out of the courthouse because he's just been convicted for the oh, right. libel thing, mm-hmm. and it's raining, and he just talks to the people and just the reporters and brushes them off. Now, he said it took them two days to set up the water towers to get that shot for, wow. for, for 26, seconds. 26 seconds on screen. <clears throat> two days to prep a 26-second day shot. But because it was the biggest thing, it's the biggest like water tower thing they'd ever done in Sweden, all this kind of stuff. It was stuff. a big set piece. It's a big set piece. Right. And he was like, and we did rush in here. And I was like, but that's, but look at his work. Yeah. And you it's, can see it. You can see it's that meticulous. It's, 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 and, and, and it's it's a he has composed frames. Yes, where it, there's there's depth in the frame. It's like what's there's stuff happening even back down there. I mean, Zodiac is a perfect example. He's shooting down these San Francisco streets. Mm-hmm. I don't need. I could you could have just kept it on Mark Ruffalo and Anthony Edwards like right, right here, right? right? But we're seeing the entire street going down. There. So I'm like. It's a fucking killer way back there. I mean, you're showing me the whole street. It's lit. It's composed perfectly. Mm-hmm. I was like, you take the time to do the, this stuff. It does matter. Yeah. Well, that's the oh. thing about too. I mean, like he's someone. But he's got to have a producer that can do that shit. It's his wife. So. <laughs> if you have one missing piece, that also throws off everything. I think people underestimate that too. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because production design is off. Okay. You don't have the locations mm-hmm. right. One mm-hmm. or two is missing, or they're especially not. Especially in a web series, it's the one yes. place. And, and I'm going to give y'all some game on this. I've done quite a few of them. Mm-hmm. When you are about to prep yourself to do a web series, <clears throat> here's where most writers go wrong. They go, okay, we, 
we're going to make a web series. Oh, well, everybody else does it for like two grand. Mm -hmm. And you go, do you have a script yet? And they write a script that costs fifteen thousand dollars, right? Mm -hmm. So they 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 don't produce to the the script. So now they got to pull everything Mm -hmm. back Mm -hmm. again, Mm -hmm. right? So I always say write to your resources. So all of us are sitting at a table right here, right? We decide we're going to do websites. We come up with an with an idea. Mm -hmm. First thing I do is talk about what do we want to do? What's the genre? And then I start going, well, what are our resources? Well, we have my office. Boom. This hallway. Nobody's here on Sunday. Cool. Right? right. We have, do you see what I mean? Yeah. I start looking at things that we can get them like, wait, you live in a cool building over in the valley. Mm -hmm. Isn't there, don't they have a cool little pool? Can they sneak in there and do, you start to figure out the little things Mm -hmm. that you have that make it Mm -hmm. feel expensive. You know, I have a cool car. Maybe we could do a cool shot in the car or whatever. You know what I mean? And then you write to the things yeah. you have, mm-hmm. and people always ask you, like, how did you get so much production value? Because that's what, remember, even on your movie, right, we're like, well, right. what do we have? Mm-hmm. What can we do to mm-hmm. make it what feel can, like can, Or what can we get free or cheap right. that we can use? Well, yeah. so, but, and the thing, <clears throat> I, I love what you said about you got to rewrite to the resources. Right. Because remember when we were talking with Steve McQueen, and he was saying that yeah. scene in the basketball? Yes. And, and look, there's a you scene. You guys have seen, seen Widows. I've not seen Okay, so there's, I won't spoil but there's a scene in the movie where he there's this there's a confrontation in a basketball court and he was saying they couldn't shoot the the, the, the location it was all prepped to shoot somewhere, somewhere else. else and then they turned around and said we can't shoot there because it was a church and they were like there's some violence in it and, and we don't want that and he had to rewrite the scene to fit with the location they did have and this you know this is in, this is in production so you can't mm-hmm. you know but and then the way the scene turned out you're like fuck that's some cool ass shit. It's one and of it was, the best moments in the whole movie, and it, okay. was, and it was on the fly. See? It's a happy yeah. accident yeah. that happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's an adjustment. Yeah. I always call it a pivot. Yeah, like you got you got to learn to pivot. So where I was going with this, get together with your group mm-hmm. of friends, even if it's just you and your producer right. or you and the writer right. or whatever, and really talk about what are my resources. And I always say this: we all frequent certain places. Like, there, there's a favorite coffee shop you go mm-hmm. to. There's a cool little bar you go to. There's mm-hmm. a restaurant, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. There's like a mom and pop type mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. There's, there's Or that yoga studio you go to where they don't have classes on exactly. s- Sunday afternoons. But, but, but writers don't think about that. They, all they think about is, well, I don't have any money. What they don't think about yeah. is, what are the resources I have? So here's mm-hmm. an example of something that I would do. So say, um, I remember one, one, of, one of my projects I did, um, I knew we needed another like five, ten grand. So I was like, shit, how are we going to get it? And we were, me and my husband were driving by um, the corner, which is a, a, used to be a place over on, 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 on Highland. And my, my husband knows the owners of that place. And I went, what if I put together a lookbook and they have the best cupcakes? And in the, and in the lookbook, I'd, I'd put a picture of that thing and I'd be like, the character is going to use this in the, in the, oh, in the film. Yeah. You and they're like, I mean? yeah, sure. And it's going to say the corner and blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. Where and I walked in with a whole lookbook and they were like, wow, how much do you need? You know what? When you guys shoot, we'll, we'll provide all the food. I mean, right. It just That's became, how it happens. Right. You know what when I mean? When you know what you're doing, when you're a producer who knows how to, now, I'm not going to use the word negotiate, but right. have something to offer. Right. You win, we win, right. we all win together. Right. That's what people want. That's right. a negotiation. <clears throat> well, that's a very important point that you just said. You have something to offer. Right. You know, we all wouldn't go wrong with us. We, we can't just be coming in saying, I need this. Yes. Right. This yes. is what I need. This is what I want. So you're at least approaching it in a way that is beneficial to the other party. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
You know, you start from that place, you're going to be having you're your be hand off. out like it's going to be a know, win-win. Begging, begging for change. Here's the other thing I'm going to say. One of the, one of the, my biggest you talked about depth in the shot, which yes. is my yes. favorite thing. Yes. And you know, Chris, I almost never say anything to anybody when they're shooting. If they're directing, I'm like letting them do their thing. Mm-hmm. One thing I see is when, when it's just a little thing. It's usually like either timing isn't right or there's not enough depth in the shot for mm-hmm. me. You know, mm-hmm. not enough texture. Like something mm-hmm. isn't, mm-hmm. there's not composed just right. Mm-hmm. I might whisper in there and go, just a little to the left. Just think about it. Right? Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Just a little mm-hmm. something. And they'll adjust and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I see exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. I should have. Mm-hmm. And I just saw that little sparkle of light way in the back that just gave it a little twig. Right. Twist. Right. Yep. And so so lots of young writers would go, oh, well, we have an apartment. Let's just shoot in our apartment. Right. But they have an apartment. There's like white walls everywhere. OK. Well, right? let me you see what I mean. Yeah. So it's like, how okay. can you. Well, let me speak to that, that. also, because my 10 episodes that I shot of this web series were in one apartment. Oof. So I had to make corners look different. We, and, and, and that's where I would say the producers were good in terms of, you know, they were production designers. Okay, good. Because they have a theater background. Mm-hmm. And so I sort of gave them... Because there's one scene between the two older African-American women. I kind of said to them, I was like, this needs to look like a black woman's house. <laughs> exactly. And they kind of... And one kind of looks at me like, uh... <laughs> and I was like, no. We need Jesus. We need Obama. We need right. Essence or Ebony magazines right. by the sofas. Like... Don't it's not don't panic. Right, like, it looks not, the same. It's just a it, couple. It, it, don't little, panic. Right. Like it's not gonna be weird. Co- like right. uh, their face just went sort of ashen for a second. I'm like, <laughs> like I've never been to Black Obama's house. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. So um, no, but we got it. We got it done. But again, I had to try and figure out how I could have a, a one scene where someone gets choked out, gets murdered. Okay. So that's got to look different from the two women who come back from their class reunion and they sort of have like an intimate moment, mm-hmm. right? Um, in the kitchen. You know, kitchen, bedroom, we had to move it all around. Okay, you're talking so, about something really interesting. And you know this, too, from producing your shit. Sometimes, say you only have one apartment, but you mm-hmm. shoot a whole web series, mm-hmm. right? Now you got to start thinking about, how can I make all this work yes. so, that, so that it feels like it's bigger than it is? Yes. That's one of the things that you and I always have problems with movies is it doesn't feel big enough, yeah. right? Yeah. It oh, feels yeah. too, it's too, it's too narrow, small. Like you guys and there's, there's ways to do that to make it feel like it's, mm-hmm. it's more open. Mm-hmm. And whether it's how you shoot it or how you light it. Or, or how, you know, we were lucky we had a dolly. Right, so um, I didn't want to dolly everything right. because overused dolly shots. Right. That's how you feel about close-ups. Too. Right. <laughs> but crazy. a, a well-used dolly to sort of accentuate, okay, this, what, this, mm-hmm. what, what's happening to this person right now is important. The right. emotions she's feeling are important. Let's come in. Right. you know. Um, or to have that dolly shot where we start far away and we have a depth of field and then mm-hmm. we continue to inch closer. And now I've got, the, now that transitions to just a, a, a two-person shot, mm-hmm. right? We start out here. We get the whole space, the kitchen. Then that has to be the timed. Entrance. Yeah, right. that's to be rehearsed. Right. So I mean, again, I was I was doing a lot in these in these two days, which was great. And I had right. again, we had the red, we had a dolly, we had a sound person who was extraordinary. Um, you know, we, key. I got a key. Yes. I got a couple key. of little things to talk sound about. Person. Yes. Is forgive me to be taking up all this time. No, but this fine. Is, this Produce, is the, producing is critical. Is so, okay. So you only have one place. You yes. One, let's just yes. say. Let's here's where I'm gonna go. So say you have a friend who has a restaurant. Mm-hmm. You get permission from them to shoot at the restaurant mm-hmm. on Saturday okay. from 9 a.m. to 6 9 p.m. 9 p.m., okay, right? all right, all right. Mm-hmm. So we all roll in there. We show up on the set. <clears throat> now, this is an inexperienced producer. They'll oh, just Lord. show up. 
Hilliard will call. I'll show up over there by myself and sit and talk to them for about 20 minutes or an hour, walking through all the rooms, talking about whatever. Just can we use that? Can we? Do you mind if we put yeah. if we put base camp inside of that yep. little bathroom? Yep. Can we? Whatever the fuck, yep. right? Um, look at the logistics of the place. Yes. Right. Yes. Don't just go. Oh, we have an apartment. Look at how can you fit a crew, your actors comfortably. Can 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 it, can the actors? Um, for instance, say there's a two bedroom house, mm-hmm. and you only know the one person, their roommates. You might want to ask the roommate, can we use your room so the Thank actors you. can go in Thank there and you. get your attention to you detail? Me? That's what I'm talking about, and that you? that takes that's hard work. Right yeah. now, this is all or, low budget. Here's this is the, all low budget. Uh, I'll throw one more thing in. Go ahead. Where are the fucking outlets? Oh, that's important. Very important. If you have a DP yeah. who is not thinking about where the outlets are, because when you do the location scout, that's <laughs> problematic. Don't, that's don't problem. hire that person, right? Because they just assume, oh, we are we going to get a Jenny? We can't afford a Jenny. That's almost basic. <laughs> no, well, when you guys don't are doing, you guys person. are doing a web series, right. or, or when you guys are doing web series for low budget, you're not going to have a generator. No. I mean, right. and you're not going to bring a generator into someone's apartment complex. You may have limited three prong outlets. Thank you. In right. the thank you. Yeah. Right. 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 You might. Need, well, that's the whole thing about. That's the thing about like visual aesthetics. I mean, to me, you can work without lights if you understand how to use negative space. Sure. A lot of people don't know how to use negative space. Yeah, that's so, a little advanced. Though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, I see too many films. I'm like, God damn it. Like, where's the light modifiers? Mm. Which aren't the lights, but that is so important to, to, because if you're working low budget, then like, then your light modifiers can come from, um, from 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 Home Depot for like five dollars, ten dollars, you know, like simple shit. Yeah. You know, like I was looking at this scene the other day. It's just something really simple. This scene from uh, The Departed, mm-hmm. where there's a, a dolly shot where Martin Sheen is talking with with with, with Leonardo DiCaprio, right? And there's one light next to the camera, with and it's got a chimera on. It's going around them. But I was like, wait a minute, why does the light look stronger here? And I see the behind the scene. It's like the whole floor is white. Mm. Oh, it's bouncing. It's bouncing. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. bouncing. I was like, oh, that's cool because then he yeah. doesn't need to have all this right. light all this other shit. Right. It's yeah. just like boom. These guys all so, reflector. It's, it's getting reflected that mm-hmm. they're all they're walking on mm-hmm. the whole time, and it's like that. Just fantastic. You know, it's just like you know that's a light modifier, and it saves them from this massive. And they're on the mm-hmm. roof, so you can bring all this setting like, up all this stuff. All this kind of crap right. that they couldn't do. So it's like you got to really be smart, and that cost them no money probably. Because mm. if and if you're doing that for a uh, and you indie filmmakers out there with a web series and a script and a dream. Get some poster board. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. White poster board. That's what I'm saying. Get, board. I get that. And, we'll reflect and, and, the light. Get the poster board. Get like get aluminum foil and put it on one side and crinkle but it. But also in, know how to flag that, off light. Know how yeah, to know that's, how to. That's the that's, that's all the light modifiers. All the stuff you do to change it around. Right. So you, when you do, when you have like one light source, maybe it's just the sunlight. But you need to be able to figure that figure out. out how to cut that Here's off. The other thing. Control it. I can go over this all day long. But check this out. Sound. <laughs> Do not mm. think that the sound coming out of your camera is good enough. Oh, who's doing that now? They still do Ooh. it. Can. People still Ooh. do. You still hear it. You can, can tell. You can tell. You're you can like, tell. oh, that's coming from the camera, Ooh, isn't it? No. Terrible. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, that's drives the, yeah. me. It's not strong enough. It's not strong. Never enough. strong enough. It's not that I, expensive. I mean, I mean and, and honestly, you know. Get everyone else for free, but but pay a sound person. Pay absolutely. sound and camera if, if you have uh, to. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I, you know, it amazes me because um, I'm in this directing class at the extension. Mm-hmm. And what amazes me is there's people who are in their third or fourth directing class, they're getting a certificate in directing from the extension. And so we all had to shoot our little 
um, scenes. I did a scene from Thelma and Louise with two actors. I oh, rehearsed, right, right, right. It, rehearsed mm-hmm. it in here. So we had to shoot it. And, and what, what bothered me, a couple of things bothered me at the extension in terms of the students there. Um, people weren't helping each other out on each other's scenes. Mm-hmm. Like I was there to participate and help people when I could. Right. You know what I mean? Um, you need a script supervisor. Cool. Got it. You need someone to hold the, you know, someone to shotgun. And luckily I've shotgunned a little bit before. So I right. kind of know the stance and how you need to be as close as freaking possible to right. the actors as you can. What I'm shocked to see is that people coming out of the certificate program for directing are holding the, sh- the shotgun mic, tucking it under their arm. And holding it like it's some sort of like flagpole. <laughs> it's nowhere near the actor's mouth. Right. And you're getting all this freaking white noise. <laughs> and I'm just like, what do you do? How do you not know this? <laughs> or people with muscles. Like, I'm not the strongest person in the world, but I'm standing, I'm freaking, I'm getting there, right? Mm-hmm. And they're just like, oh, you know, like, right. you guys are not going to make it. Mm-hmm. You're not going to make it. You're not make it. But see, this is the thing that people kind of have to understand about sound. And it's, uh, there's some studies on this too. I want to talk about some documentary stuff too. Yes. Right before but it's important. Sure. It's, this is important for documentary people too, about, about like not using that camera mic. The, the, the audience will forgive a fucked up picture. They'll never forgive fucked up sound. Yep. Mm-hmm. Never will. If they can't hear what's being said, that they will disengage immediately. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about logistics. Is, um, I'm about to go up uh, for a week in January to finish shooting the documentary, the, the music uh, about the New Dimensions, the surf movie I've been mm-hmm. doing for four years. We're doing a big concert scene. So speaking of logistics. Mm-hmm. So Concerts, uh, you know, you got to have, like have your shit together. We're going to have like extras in there. We're sitting in a club. And so I was telling them, I said, <laughs> we, were, we were having our production. We have one every Friday. And I was like, let's think about where's everybody parking? Like, blah, blah, blah. it's right downtown Sacramento. How are we going to make this thing work? And right. they were like, oh my God, 100 people. Like, where are we going to put them? I was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need to be thinking about these things. Matter of fact, all you guys who don't need to drive, have a Uber over. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Let's mm-hmm. figure out, let's save or some can of that we, space. Well, is there a way we can shuttle people in? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? But we were just mm-hmm. trying to figure out, like, what's the easiest way to get everybody mm-hmm. in there? And that could save us. And not trying to figure that out on the day. Do right. Not, but all the extras aren't getting paid for this particular project. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to get them in there mm-hmm. and get them to come on their own dime? You know what I mean? So we had to come up with some incentives and different things we're going to do on breaks and throwing out gifts and like all these, you know what I mean? Just to make them there feel like there's some And they ha- they're engaged in the piece. Right. We're yeah. going to have a comedian yeah. up there doing stuff yeah. in between, you know, there breaks. There you go. Or, so it's, wor- it's not them just standing there being right. miserable. Good point. So, you have to do that. So... Some Let's talk don't. about documentaries. You and I have done. A, you think you want to? You want to do one? You have? Are you working on I one? Want to do one? Yeah, want to do. Have one. you ever thought I, about some it? of my first films that I did back in St. Louis were documentaries? Yeah. Well, let's talk. Let's talk to them a little bit about some things you 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 see um, in your experience that you've learned over the last few ones you've been working on. Yeah, I think they're not as different as we might think from scripted projects. Right. Like when you get on the set and. You all are directors, so you know that like when you get on it, you have to get, you have to make your day, a certain number of shots you have to get. You have to get what it is you need to get in order to stay on schedule and keep moving forward. And it's a lot of what we've already mentioned. You have to be resourceful. You have to be thinking about checking all of those different boxes, production design, location, the tech. Sound is huge to, to Crystal and L's point. You have to take care of your subject. 
Okay, that may be an important difference. You can still be cinematic. Right. Even if it doesn't have to just be a talking head. You know, Mm -hmm. boring. You Mm -hmm. could still make a slider Mm -hmm. be moving at the Mm -hmm. same time. You could still do. And I think. And light light your subject. The degree to which you take care of your subject is only going to enhance your shot and the the storytelling that you're trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. So all of that is important. It doesn't have to be a big budget kind of thing to your point. Like, I have. Stood over a set with a living room lamp and put a little thing mm-hmm. over the light. I've mm-hmm. been that grip <laughs> person holding the long mic to get right. that's kind of what, what or, you had to do. Or mm-hmm. learn how to use practical light. Like if there's sure. a lamp or whatever, learn how to use that to mm-hmm. your advantage. Yeah. You know, and, use what's there. And also, obviously, you have to be organized, but being organized doesn't even always mean having all of the answers. Right. Like you talk to people, you hit on talking to people in advance, asking the questions, are they okay if we shoot here, if we right. shoot there? Yeah. It's like you make it clear that you're on top of the whole thing. I always, so it's okay to say, look, I'm not sure about that right this moment, but mm-hmm. I will get back to you mm-hmm. with the answer. Mm-hmm. Whenever we're interviewing, you know, we've interviewed like all these different surf icons. I like to do them either at their house or at their studio, mm-hmm. or whatever it is in their they environment. have, because you get into their house and you're like, oh my God, they got all the shit all over the walls. They got that album, they There's got that, whatever. There's your B-roll. You know There's what your mean? B-roll. Right, you know what I mean? So then you can get them like from this you angle, got something to cut and all to. you see is this texture like all But you can also you. shoot that with their permission, and that'll, that'll give you something to cut to, so the talking head doesn't right. end up so, you know, kind of dry and boring, whatever, you have some yeah, other You gotta have other things, things to, cut to cut to, you got to. Mm-hmm. And so, so I like to walk into a person's house, or the studio, or whatever, and see where is the best angle that still gives me depth in the shot. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, what's that one? Can I do that and still kind of peek outside at the same time and see that cute tree moving at the background? Whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing that. Compo- I want it to You need feel- to compose the shot for a documentary interview right. the same way you would compose a shot for narrative. Right. And, and people are naturally, they're right. naturally comfortable at home. And so what you're getting on camera is them in their element. Right. They're going to be more often than not a little bit more open, a little bit more receptive. They may share something with you that you didn't expect to get in that particular shot. So all of that's very important. But, you know, you set the tone early and you you stay on top of, you know, what the goal is. And you have hopefully capable people to help you on the set with those different functions. But you may have to wear a few more hats. And I want to say this. You come into somebody's house and you move the furniture around. Take a picture of it before you move it. Oh, my goodness. This is in a movie, in a TV show, in a oh web series, whatever. You go to somebody, and there is nothing like like showing up, and you moved everything around, and they walk back into their place, like, and it's not the, the way it yeah. was. It may be a piece of shit. You know, when you walk in, put it back as a piece of shit again, or make it neat in a piece of shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't yeah. just be putting yeah. shit. You know what I mean? That's yeah. right. Some people will go in and be like, oh, well, you know, they didn't care. And they're like, no, put it no, back. No, they respect. know where everything yeah. is. Yeah. 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 I mean, look, if... Don't think people don't care. People know how their house is. Right. I mean, people understand their own mess. Yes, they do. They don't. They don't. That's that's that's, that's why they have a mess because that's, right. that's that's how their brain's working. Not it's a mess to you, but um, I want to talk about post a little bit with with mm-hmm. the doc mm-hmm. because we're in it now. Okay. And so one of the things I have, we have two editors. We have an editor and we have like a ju- junior editor, right? So one of the things that I have the junior mm-hmm. editor doing is she's transcribing everything. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not even going to see everything. Mm-hmm. And mainly it's because on ours, on our film, we've, we've interviewed, like we interviewed um, 
uh, what's the guy's name from Chasing Trent? John Slicinger? John oh, I, yeah, I, remember, I can't remember yeah, his name. But the Slice, guy, something like yeah. that. Really big uh, director. And he was talking about how he likes to look, read the transcripts, but he only does about 20, 25 subjects. He doesn't do any more than that in a documentary. Okay. And we've done probably 100. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's because it, it just keeps, mm-hmm. oh, you got to mm-hmm. meet this mm-hmm. person. Oh, you got to. Mm-hmm. And there's, it's such a big mm-hmm. world with, mm-hmm. you know, with surf music. So it's just, it just keeps going. So we're going to have a lot of, you know, mm-hmm. little snippets and, yeah. you know. Um, and so he says to take the transcripts and edit from there. Like, just go through highlight. Oh, right. oh I like this. That's oh, I fantastic. like this. Oh, I like that. That's fantastic. And then you take all that highlighted stuff. You make it as a script. You give it to your editor and have him find those segments. And have him mm-hmm. make it into an edit, and then you edit from that. Fat, and that, then you that's, start. That's really right, okay. so. Right now, it's all flat. It's like all a camera shit from there. Mm. Then you start going. Okay, give me that angle from B or C. Okay, give me that slider angle from blah 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 right there. Then you start making the movie yeah. together oh, after that. Much point. more efficient. Yeah, and it makes you, it makes it go. If by you can a lot get faster. someone to transcribe it all, it's which, a lot of work. Which uh, you know, if you're again, you know, Susie filmmaker out there, right. and you know, like like how I started out. My first film I ever I can say that I ever made was I did a documentary about cat shows. Again, going back, to, I love cats. <laughs> so I found these subjects and I followed them around with my Panasonic. DVX 100, I think is what it was back mm-hmm. in the day. Mm-hmm. Do you remember those? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, so it was people who were, you know, in it like show cats, yeah. which was a, it's an interesting it's a world yeah. to me. I mean, it's like dog were, shows. Yes, like exactly. Okay. Only the cats are not as you, not you, as participants. You can't control a cat. <laughs> you can't get a cat I mean, to the walk. Cats are kind of like. Or the cats have this look like there was this one lady. Her cats were Hallie, Hallie and Beyonce or whatever, <laughs> and they were beautiful cats. Right. But they knew it, mm. you know. And they, so the cats had a personality. And but the other story was the owners who are traveling around, money out of their own pocket, sure. traveling around the Midwest to like show their prized Persian or their mm. prized CMEs or their you know cat that has no hair mm-hmm. and that's a thing. And so anyway, that was the first thing I ever did. So. I just had a camera and I had a Mac computer at home, but and I well, that's edited, the way Dwayne did edited, his movie. Didn't edited it? myself, yeah. you know what I mean, and it showed nowhere, but in my heart, <laughs> you know, it was too. It was like ended up being this weird, like forty five, forty five minute thing, oh, okay. which it just was too. It wasn't. It was too long to be a short and too short to be a feature. Right. And you're talking cats, and you know, it's just like, but it was. Good practice. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot. And in terms of like trying to compose your shot right. and run and gun shooting, that's another thing with documentaries. Like, not all of it is just interview, like with setup space and whatever that you have time. Right. Some of it is like you're following your subject and it's like, okay, where are we going? So I'd be running around these little these <clears throat> cat venues, if you will, room to room. Okay, Hallie just got a, a, a low score and everyone's like buzzing about that. Right. You got to capture that. Well, and then th- this is one thing I was going to say in regard to a doc is. <clears throat> especially today with like, you know, 20 feet from stardom and mm-hmm. the wrecking crew and all these great, I, I'm saying these music ones, you know, the ones that I've been watching. Mm-hmm. Um, they are very cinematic, even 13. Yes. I mean, just very cinematic in the way that they're done. And um, what's the one that um, Shane did uh, with the uh, defiant ones? The defiant. Oh, I know oh, that, I, 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 know really like really that. I really like that. Yes. Cinematic as fuck. And so, for example, um, I was trying to figure out like what could we do with this doc to to turn it up a notch, mm-hmm. and so I remembered that 
the band was always talking about how they would go, they were a bunch of kids from Beverly Hills in the 60s, you know, playing surf music. <clears throat> and they would always go to one of the guy's house, in uh, Danny's house, the saxophone player in Beverly Hills, and they would rehearse in his garage. And like, every day we'd, we'd, we'd all just wait outside and then we'd go in, and boom, we'd close the garage and we'd be mm-hmm, in there for hours, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's a good image. I went, what if we reenacted that? That's just where I was about to go with that. Right. So I saw the opening is a slow motion shot of these six kids in slow motion, all sitting outside on this old, like, 50s truck. They all got the pompadours and the cool little, you know, rolled up sleeves and shit, looking very, you know, stylish. Yeah. The little converse Mm -hmm. on. And um, they all come together. We did this with 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 the drone. Mm. And the kids are all sitting in the truck, and we follow them nice. get out of the truck. Oh, it's fantastic! And we follow them all the way in slow motion to the to the garage. The garage opens. They all go inside, and the drone goes up, and they and then the, the as as it closes, the movie starts. So, at the end of the movie, they all come out of the garage, and they're all walking in slow motion, and we're following them from like a, sli- a side point of view, and we kind of come around them, and we 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 slowly pan from them and it starts to morph into the real guys. And so they're all in their place mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm, and what happened, mm-hmm. oh, I almost get teary out thinking about it. Three of them have died since mm-hmm. we've made this movie. So one of them disappears, another one disappears, another one disappears. And then as we pan down to the feet, we come back on and we just see a bunch of feet walking on. They're walking on to the concert. So mm-hmm. we see the last remaining mm-hmm. people in the concert. Mm-hmm. So That's I was trying to keep it's it cinematic. Dope. You know, and still made it. You know, it's still. Which a you've documentary. also booked into the piece, right? Which is, well, which is yeah, I think, some you know, people don't think about. The thing about documentaries. And t- so we're going to shoot the the concert, but we've already shot all the other yeah, stuff. I told you. Yeah. Today, documentaries are truly cinema, where I think where people th- the mistake is that you think it's like a news report. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. You know, if you make like a news report, then it's like. It can't be more than like you know like like a sixty minutes piece. What's right. that? Eight minutes? Ten minutes? Because right. because they get in and get out with, mm-hmm. but right. they still have it's it's a lot of talking. But there still is some walking around in that. But to make it feel like you said twenty feet from stardom or like this Mister Rogers Roger, neighbor, oh yeah, used to be my neighbor. RGB was really really dope. RGB was really dope. It just feels like this. It feels like a narrative. Like you're following someone's story. And that's what you want. But there are all these, I'm not going to call them tricks, but you know, you can use things like, like think about using things like reenactment. Yeah. Think about using things or even, I mean, another genre documentary that gets kind of forgotten about is mockumentary. Mm. You oh, know? yeah, definitely. And it doesn't always have to be this comedic, you know, this is Spinal Tap mm-hmm. or whatever type mockumentary. You yeah. could also do it, mock interviews or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Oh yeah, because I I think they did something really interesting when they did that stuff from uh, in RGB when they when the, that they did those court cases mm-hmm. the way they did those yeah, they were like these, that was like, I'd say that was reenactment like you, you know like an actor yeah, actress there singing as, it and you saw the tra- you saw the transcript and it's kind of interesting graphics coming around yeah. I mean it seems like it wouldn't be interesting. But it was it was right. really really cool. Yes, right. It's storytelling. It's not less storytelling because it's. Unscripted, right? Um, you're still trying to to get that story across, and again, you know it's like comedians starting out. You, you got to get on stage. You got to get in a club. You got to get up on that. My like writers who haven't done this, you just got to get on a set. You mm-hmm. got to find mm-hmm. a way right. to get on set, even if it's not your project. 
Like if you really, really like a pup and a baby, you know someone who's shooting somewhere or who's on a set. Like you can get on it. You learn so much just from being there that you'll be ready when it comes time to put one of these hats on and help to execute it. Before we wrap, here's the last thing I'm going to say to everybody trying to produce Mm -hmm. a project. Let's say a web series, a short, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know, whatever, a film. Independently. Picture yourself as the showrunner Mm -hmm. and picture yourself as the executive producer. Mm -hmm. And I always say this, think like a fish. So what I mean is, if, if you want me to act in your project okay. for SAG $150 mm-hmm. a day, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When I usually make $3,000 right. a day, just mm-hmm. an example. Mm-hmm. Um, what's going to get me to do that is how you treat me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I and, will, is, and is there a, a, a something where I get to sink my teeth into like a certain right, I was gonna scene say, or whatever? I was going to say, so a lot of times actors are doing those because it's their chance to finally play a role they haven't played before. Mm-hmm. Um, it's their chance to finally star in something. Mm-hmm. A lot of actors haven't starred in mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. People don't know you can get... You can get faces in your projects just because they haven't played that role yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so anyway, where I was going with that is there, there are a couple things that I do is um, um, about a week before we shoot, I will call my director. If I'm producing, I will call my directors. I will call the, um, my, my top three or four leads and my DP. And I'll make a personal call to them. You know, Chris, it's true. And I'll be like, hey, is there anything you need on the set that's going to make you comfortable? For example, when I'm directing, here's what I need. Right. Now, I'm giving them something that is very simple that I know I can handle that is within a budget. I'm not saying you get a trailer. Mm-hmm. You get, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? A masseuse. Right. You know, you know. right. I'm hey, saying. Could y'all, could y'all just have like, right. my, like Lay's so potato chips? So I'll give them an example. I'll say when I'm producing, I, when I'm directing, I need a hot chocolate from Coffee Bean and some red vines. And I'll be set. So if I'm in a crunch or if it's, if it's hype, you know, or, or you know, everybody's yeah. tense, yeah. Yeah. I'll still be calm because I can grab my red vines. Right. I can sip on my hot chocolate, whatever it is. So I'm telling you, basically, there's like a $10, $20 thing I'm asking you for. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And you know, you show up on the set, I'll have my assistant or one of the PAs go get that mm-hmm. shit, and mm-hmm. I'll be lying when you come on the set because I'm supposed to be there before mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And I'll, here's your thing. Yep. Now be cool. You know what I mean? And it's telling you, oh, shit, they got my back. And you're valued. Right. You're a valued member so, of this team. So you do that for your stars. You do that for your for your director. You do that for your DP. And you show them that you got their back and they will have yours. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's something you can do for, that don't cost you that much money to That's do right. it. You know what I mean? And quite frankly, if, you, if you're on your shit, you have your PA go get it anyway. Yeah. So it ain't like you yeah. did it. <laughs> you just I, take the credit. Yeah. You, you pay for it. Yeah. But you know what I mean? And I get what you're saying mm. about like you want to, you know, make sure the act. I was at a workshop yesterday and the word the actress used was I want to feel comfortable on set. I want to feel like it's a safe space. Right. And that's part of the way you as a producer right. or director can make that feel like I'm comfortable on set. And, and I that, will say though, I, and because I had to cast <clears throat> 20 parts in one weekend, the... You know, when I get when I get an interaction, that's, from, that's a very unique. When situation. I get an actress right. who is coming at me with, um, how can I put this? So I had one actress where I'm, I kind of laid out what the project is, mm-hmm. and when you're coming back at me with, um, well, do you think that there's a chance this this I can come back that I'll, that character we use in future episodes? Do you think there'll be oh, a chance right. for pay down the line? I was like, right away, I'm, I'm stopping right here. Yeah. This is not the project for you. Right. 
Because I've already explained to you, like, I'm just directing this thing. The producers right. are handling the I'm money. I can't, I can't talk to you about, you know, future monies or whatever. And right. this is a web series. Do you not understand what that means right. either? So I was like, let me just not, even though your reel was good, mm-hmm. actually. You actually are quite talented, but I'm not going to deal with this other stuff. Right. You know, I had another actress who was wanting me to change the schedule to accommodate her. <laughs> or can you shoot some, some other days when I'm available? <laughs> You're not, you don't, this isn't no. the right project for you either. Right. So you have to be like, those, when those spidey sense, when it, your spidey sense gets set off. That's the interviewing. Or your, or your yeah. red flag yeah. goes off. Mm-hmm. Don't Follow do it. it. Not worth yes. it. Move it. along. Yeah. You'll find say, other I'm, actors. I'm going to say one thing you said that I, when safe space, the comfortability of the actors. Uh, I mean, the, I don't think people, I think when you're a novice, you don't realize how important that is. And it's, and it's the same thing that Hillier said about making everyone feel comfortable. You know, there's a lot of tension um, the first day coming yeah. on set mm. as the director is the most intense day of the shoot and it doesn't go away it doesn't matter if you're Stanley Kubrick or mm-hmm. whoever the hell it is you're going to have that first day's going to be jittery can, can, I, can I just ask you a question about that keep your thought keep your thought and this is for you mm-hmm. and for you do you I always suggest that people do like a simple shot it doesn't have to be the most simple shot but just the, the first thing they do is like so everybody goes oh that was easy Okay, let's move. You know what I mean? Totally I always agree. totally. What, agree. what do you think about that? Well, okay, I think you have to do that. Okay, I I think that you, you, the, the, like the best thing to do is something with I, like no dialogue. Like if someone's walking in the door, right? Yeah, right, you know, right, just, right. They just walk in the door mm-hmm. or whatever it is because two things happen that 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 that, that 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 there's this there's a tension that goes on when. How fast you get the first shot off, and, right. mm-hmm. and, and the thing is, because it's always forty five minutes late before you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is that the thing about directing, particularly if you're a person of color mm-hmm. or if you're a woman, is most of the crew thinks you cannot do it. Mm. The thing Unless, is, mm. they go, "You don't know what the fuck you're doing." And the thing is, the faster you get that first shot off, and the and that means it's got to be easy. Right. Then the more that everyone kind of relaxes, because once the first sh- like the the first shot is is in the can, then everyone's like, okay, cool, let's go again, mm-hmm. and then boom, and then you start rolling. And also the thing about that is, the crew has never worked together before. Right. That's the one thing people don't think about. The That's crew true. has never worked together before, yeah. and so the and 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 the crew comes together quickly. Once the pressure of the first shot yes. is 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 removed, right. and that's why you don't no fighting, no, no fight no. suit. Do not Simple, raise no, your voice. No, no, no. I, 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 I don't about to do a fight scene. No fight no, scene. Be, no fight scene <laughs> first. Yeah, yeah no. Don't no, ever, no, 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 no. Just keep it someone light. comes in and is like shakes your hand, says hello. I mean, picks the phone. The easiest shot has right. to be like no camera moves. I mean, it's just. It just it'll make everything go smoother, and it's just there's because as much tension as you have, everyone else has that tension yes. too. Everyone is feeling imposter syndrome, and they're going to the feel yeah, 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 you know. And the thing is, is that 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 tension of oh we can't get the shot, we can't get the, can't get the shot. The director starts feeling that tension first, and he's going to start like he's going to start like pushing that on other people first. The AD because he's like, dude, we're not here yet, and then <laughs> and and then he's going to push on on the DP. And he's like, mm-hmm. and he starts driving his team, and then the actors are going to see you know that you're not ready, and if the actors aren't there on set, if they're sitting in there sitting he's, in, there, he's like back in it right now. You know, he's like. 
You're like back in the moment right now. Because, <laughs> you know. <laughs> to me. And then if they're back in their, their trailer, they're, not, they're probably saying to themselves, we even started it. We even started it. We even started it. What's going on? The director doesn't know what he's doing. And it's, the director doesn't know what he's doing. The director doesn't know what she's doing. Right. They're not thinking about anything else because they're assuming everyone else is doing the right thing. They're assuming that you don't have it set for, for them. And then they're, they're going to be like, I'm not going to give you the best me because you're not giving me the best you. Right. Is this, and this means this train wreck that you're trying to like then get ahead of the whole day. Let me just, let me just add a, a couple more things. Um, so wh- the other thing I did in addition to trying to get the first shot off as soon as I could was uh, I had a different environment because I had all female <laughs> cast and crew. So sure. the energy on the day was different. So every actress who left there that day was like, oh, the energy on the set is just so wonderful because we didn't have any freaking men and we didn't have <laughs> the gaze of men. Right. You know what I mean? And people were just like, and we had candy and chocolate and people were just, you know, the, the, the green room was the bedroom and mm-hmm. everyone just, it was just a different energy. But the other thing I did, in addition to trying to get the first shot off was also, I would say the producers, first shot's going to be a da-da-da-da-da. Okay, yes. Because they have never worked with me right. either. That's smart. So I was like, if I meet that deadline, they're like, oh, yeah. she's on it. Because there's now, no AD. Right. There's right. no AD. So right. I'm like, first shot's going to be da-da-da. We're right. going we're gonna, to we're gonna rehearse this, block it, but first shot's going to be by 9.15. Right. Okay. Whatever. And so they're like, okay. Like, she's thinking about it. Like, mm-hmm. they know. Like, she's thinking mm-hmm. about it. She's thinking about schedule. Cool. So that they can sort of, you know, oh, okay, mm-hmm. we don't have a maniac on our hands. Second thing I did was, yes, I agree with you. First shot's got to be easy. But I'd say probably second or third shot, that needs to have some sort of Linnell special. That needs to be a specific directorial choice that I've made like, to, make, you know, to make the project unique. That'll calm people down, too, okay. because um, mm-hmm. early on in this project, I had... Can you give us an I, example? I made the choice of, of... Okay, I'll give you an example of what I did. The sec, probably the second or third shot was the actress looks directly into the camera and mm. says, fuck that guy, mm. right? And everybody's like, oh, shit. Like... It, it sort of set the tone for the day because right. again we're all female crew. Mm-hmm. We're all you know. All, you guys all, have a monitor. Yes, okay. I had I had a monitor. I right. had director's monitor. Mm-hmm. So we did that, and right. everyone was just like, "Okay, interesting." Like she could have easily done it like just to the other character in the scene. She could have done it just to the floor. I was like, "No, you look directly in camera mm-hmm. and do it." Okay. So again, it sort of set the tone for what we're doing. It's like these are stories of women of empowerment, whatever. Mm-hmm. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Right it's, in the camera. It, 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 it immediately yeah. made me feel like, ooh, that's edgy right there. Like, oh, right. Well, I, mean, I mean, look, uh, there's so much of it is about we'll wrap it up. convincing everybody that you know what you're doing. Exactly. Because that is where, because everyone is kind of like, you know, what are we involved in? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, if it goes sideways so fast, then, right. the, then, you're, then it's, you, you, the, who said this one line? I think I used this in my script because I thought this was just a great line. It's like the film crew... Oh, Orson Welles said this. Mm. So I used it in a thing. The film crew is like Christopher Columbus's crew. They're always ready to turn back. <laughs> yeah. Always. Yeah. That's a great yeah. line. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm using that because That's it's true. Because, and so you constantly have to say, guess what? You're not turning back. I'm burning the boats when we get there. So there's no <laughs> turning back. Ha <laughs> 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 That's how you got to kind of be. Because, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's something that we did a couple times. Um... It's like I'll put storyboards up on the set. 
Mm-hmm. So that everyone can see exactly what the vision is. Yeah, because you don't no. want anybody hovering all over you all the yeah. time. Oh, what are we doing? Next? Or pestering you with questions yeah. because you know, then you hey, I can it, see. It pulls you away from the actors. Yeah, but the storyboards are done right. They'll see exactly what you're trying to do, and 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 everyone go. Ah, I remember we did this commercial with this Heineken thing, and I put them up there on the set, and then like and and you know it was about ten shots for the whole thing, mm-hmm. but everybody saw what the commercial was going to be. Like mm-hmm. you know, Chris, so whenever we're moving and we finish a shot, I'd go and like cross it off. With a big marker, mm-hmm. so they go okay, boom, boom, boom. This was, and and then they could kind of see, oh well, you know what, we're finished, we're wrapping yeah. early. We got two more shots, yeah, whatever boom, right. you know, or, and we wrap early. <laughs> oh, and you wrap early, you're like, oh, you know, what? there's two more shots. I want to get that. Right. We were like, which which takes well, us to, you have your shot list, yeah, oh, and God. then you have your wish list, yes, and your yes, wish list yes. is when you finish early, mm-hmm. you go, okay, so there's two other shots I still mm-hmm. wanted to get. Mm-hmm. Can we get the dolly back in here? Because I wanted to do whatever the fuck. You know, I call those director grenades, and I would always warn people like, okay, um, yeah, I know we're doing this right now, and like, everyone thinks we're kind of done. We're director grenade, um, throwing it out there. We're gonna now go in the bedroom and right. shoot, and, or the bathroom or whatever, and shoot this. Right. Um, there's something I was gonna say about what you just said about what you just say. Film crews are po- posting the, the storyboards. Oh, the other thing about what I loved about your storyboards and the crossing out is that. It's everyone loves like checklists and accomplishments. Yes. It, everyone gets in, yes. everyone then everyone's yes. invested in like, oh, look mm-hmm. at the board. Oh yeah, we're winning. Right. Like it not I'm I'm not saying it gamifies it, but it just gives people like I have an objective. It's on it's over there. We're making our way through. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's inclusive. Yeah, exactly. Is what I love. Everyone feels empowered. Like I'm yeah. helping us cross off things on that board. Because mm-hmm. there's Excellent. nothing like being on that. the set and you don't know where we are. You know, a lot of people have their schedule. But everybody isn't always on the People don't read the, the fucking schedule. They don't. Right. And so for me, it helps me as the producer or whatever role that you are to so just glance at the wall that's probably in the, in, 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 on the sidewall, whatever, so you can just get an idea of, oh, okay, we still got four more shots to do. Oh, we still have it. Oh, he's going to go back and shoot that later after lunch. Whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? You, it really opens you yes. up to be aware of what you're doing because you... I, I have the schedule too. I never look at. It. I, I love schedules. <laughs> I, I live and breathe on schedules. I, I but other people don't. Other people, I'm finding like DPS and, right. and PAs and stuff. They don't look at the schedule. They just look. Oh, the call sheet says it got to be there at eight o'clock. I just show up at eight o'clock, and right. then the rest of it, they're like, mm, whatever. Well, right. that's true. I mean, to me, like, the biggest thing about all this is, is and it's what you said here. You're about is making them is making them inclusive. And you said this too, but we're, I'm part of something. The one thing that you know as the filmmaker is. You can't get it done without everybody. Mm-hmm. And there's no need to hide any kind of thing that you're trying to do with the people who are on the set. Right. Oh, I can't let them know this. No. no. They got to know no. everything. Like, no. Everyone's got to know everything that you're trying to do. I mean, there's, really, really great, there's a really, really great story. Um, I remember I did, took this class a long time ago at, at UCLA called um, Writing to Directing. And the guy who taught it was this guy named Jerry Zeesmer. I don't think he works in the business anymore. You think he's retired. But he was the first AD in like Apocalypse Now mm-hmm. and he was on like a bunch of these movies and, and one of the things he worked on was on um, uh, Jerry Maguire mm-hmm. and he was saying that Cameron Crowe kept saying yeah, we're going to do this shot and it's going to be this high shot and he kept saying how high? I need, to, I need to know how high. Right. I need to know how high. He goes, well, I'm thinking it's going to be this big crane. He, fi- he, got, he finally got the question out of it. He was going to have this big crane. He's like, I need to know that. Right. Once I know that, now I can tell everyone else what your vision is so mm-hmm. they can execute it and you don't have to worry about what it is because the mistake is is that you think your vision is precious and it is precious for you, mm-hmm. but everyone else is going like, um, to realize it for you. And that's why... 
you gotta thank everyone and you gotta make sure that, that everyone is like is on your page and you only do that by sharing. Right. Like I said, we could talk about this shit all day. But mm. on that note, wow. that's what's up. That's, that's it. We might have to do like a part two or something. Yeah, that's one good. Of these days. For sure. That's good. Reducing, man. Thank you guys. Thank it's, you guys. It's the it's the heart of it, really. <clears throat> right. Where you at, Tracy Grant? On Twitter at the real Trey, T H E R E E L T R A Y. Facebook, Tracy Grant, T R A C Y. Holla at me. I welcome any of it from, from any of the listeners. Happy holidays, peace and blessings, the whole thing. And Lisa, come on. <laughs> yeah, what's going on with her? Oh, where's she, she out? She out I hope she's not mud, She was on the mountain with the kids, and the mm-hmm. mudslides were happening. Mudslides and fires and, and Armageddon oh all around. Huh? Oh, my? What is it? <laughs> mudslides. What is it? Mudflies. Mudslides. Mudslides <laughs> and fires. Said, oh, my. Oh, my. Uh, oh okay, okay. I'm like, what's he talking about? I was just watching The Wizard of Oz. And just, actually, yeah. I went to see the... Um, um, the Wiz? No. The other one. Um, oh, Wicked. Wicked. God damn it. Yeah. Are you going to see Cats? When yeah, When it comes to Pantages? Yeah, we, oh, have, we have season love, Of course I love Cats. <laughs> How many times have I talked about cats in this, in this podcast? <laughs> Where you at, Linnell? So I'm on Twitter mainly, at Linnell White, <clears throat> L-Y-N-E-L-L-E-W-H-I-T-E. So... Mostly be, be just be careful what you see, though. Yeah, I mean, well, you know what? I've moved. I've moved my tennis tweets to another account where uh-huh. I'm talking just twit. You know, I can just talk twi- uh, tennis as much as I want because I love tennis. Right. And um, but most of the stuff, politics, film stuff, um, articles, whatever, and and veteran stuff too, because I get really mm-hmm. hot about. Um, lack of representation, especially with female veterans on screen. I'm watching this homecoming mm-hmm. show on Amazon. I'm on episode three already, and I'm like, why are there no female veterans in this facility? Yeah. And did no one think to ask this or broach this or what is the problem here? Is this deliberate well, two on the guys part, who run the part show. of the creators that they just <laughs> right. feel like we're we're twenty percent twenty percent of all new recruits are female. Mm. Um, so we're about 15% of the force as it stands right now. Right. And that's number is going to bump up to 20 as the years go on. So I'm like, why wouldn't you have any women in this facility where you're dealing with PTSD from the war? Or what yeah. is going on here? So maybe there's something tricky going on. That's, I, that's I, what I, I'm I, trying I, to give the creators I, the benefit of the doubt that they didn't include females for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and that there's going to be some twist at the end, but then someone hit me up on Twitter and was like, Nah, you're gonna be disappointed in the whole thing. I was like, okay. <laughs> well, because I, I don't know. I mean, I haven't watched the pilot of that. It felt like it felt like it's a different time. Like it, it feels almost like it's in the fifties. No, it's in 2018. But I know that. But it just feel it feels like it's displaced in time. So I don't know. I, I don't know. That's that's my thought. Okay, where you at, Chris? Unauthorized <clears throat> CBD on Twitter and Instagram. Okay. And I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR on Twitter. <clears throat> Any questions, screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes, give us a five-star review. We need that for the metrics. Um, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, whatever you guys listen to. Please go on our new Patreon page. It'll be in the show notes. Right, Chris? Yes. Yes, sir. Um, please find us on Facebook. All that shit. Shout out to Lisa Bulacaja, wherever you is, girl, doing your thug dizzle. Come, come down from the mountaintop, Lisa. <laughs> come down. And, uh, She's probably at that burning bush just looking at look, it. Look, you know uh, she out there uh, with her cigar and her, uh, no, her wine. drink. Wine. <laughs> wine putting jug. That, putting that poison in her body. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, so uh, we will be off until January the 7th after this. 
And uh, we will see you guys in the new year. We hope you guys have a great new year. Good Christmas. And um, dreams do come true. The last thing I'm going to say, plans, not goals. And we'll get into that in the new year. Hopefully, Paul Gill will be back. He's he's coming back. He's He's coming back back. Uh, this month. He'll be back this month. That's what's up. All right, y'all. Y'all joining with me. Y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? Black Black Panther's Panther's Quest. Quest. Peace, y'all. I'ma say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Rant Room. Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind in the business Got me stressed in the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hillier He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Red Room. Red Room. Red Room.